Hello everyone, welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. This week, you will learn about the neglect and inconsistencies within Spartanburg Medical Center, Spartanburg Police Department, and Kenneth Daniel Smith. Are you ready? Let's do this! Hey guys, D here. Before we start, I'd like to thank all of our Can't Stop, Won't Stop patrons. Your monthly donations helps families just like ours fight for justice. The amount of money that we had to spend on a PI FOIA request, travel expenses, signs, bracelets, posters, and so much more was detrimental on our family. Which is why Lindsay created her Patreon tiers ranging from $8 a month up to $100 a month. Without each of you, there is no way she could continue to help in the fight for justice. Thanks, babe. And so you guys, if you're wondering how you can help on a monthly basis, please check out my Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash can't stop, won't stop, where you can learn about those four different tiers that are available. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. Okay, so in a phone conversation that occurred on Monday, July 19, 2021 at 11.11 a.m., Promise's parents, June and Jason, were informed by the coroner investigator, Jessica, that Promise's autopsy would be conducted by a pathologist employed in Greenville, not by anyone at Spartanburg Medical Center where Kenneth Daniel Smith's mother and sister are employed. Jason also reiterated on this call that Promise is on a donor list, and Jessica said that the donor representative had actually already been in touch with her as well. I'm going to pause here for just a moment, and I want to recognize Jessica's incredibly empathetic, calm, and caring demeanor when she was speaking with Jason in June on the phone. After Jason said to her, quote, please just take care of my baby, end quote, Jessica replied with, quote, I am just so sorry y'all are going through this. I will treat her as if she is my own with the utmost respect, end quote. Now that is how a grieving family should be treated. Van Buren Township, Howard County, Spartanburg, Muncie, Kokomo, and so many more police departments should take note. Or... Are you, Jessica, being so nice because you're friends with Kenneth Daniel Smith's sister and you're just trying to manipulate the Wests to trust you? You guys, I hate that I have to think that way, but I've learned that many people have ulterior motives. And I'm just wondering if Jessica has one too. 
Okay, back to Promise being on the donor list. So on July 19, 2021, at 10 a.m., just seven hours after the family was called to come to the hospital, June confirmed Promise Merriman West's request for the donation of organs and tissue via Sharing Hope, South Carolina. The only question or comment that June had written while filling out the questionnaire was, quote, be gentle with the donor, end quote. Promise was now going to be honored with the donor ID 2021-0427. But then, just days later, Jason and June were told that Spartanburg Medical Center overlooked the fact that Promise was a donor and she was no longer able to help save lives. How does this happen? Who is held accountable for this careless act? What if this was your healthy 21-year-old child that could have saved many lives, but the hospital overlooked it? The same hospital that her alleged killer's mother is head of HR and his sister a nurse. The same hospital that seems to be turning a blind eye on the very questionable behavior of their employee, Connie Renee Smith. The same hospital that all of Kenneth Daniel Smith's victims, even when it is out of their jurisdiction. Then, on August 11, 2021, the Merriman West family received the following heartfelt letter from Sharing Hope, South Carolina. It reads as follows. Dear Mrs. Merriman, on behalf of We Are Sharing Hope, South Carolina, please accept our deepest sympathy for the loss of your daughter, Promise. Our We Are Sharing Hope, South Carolina team was humbled to have supported you throughout this very intimate loss, and our thoughts and prayers continue to be with you and your family. Losing someone you love is extremely difficult, yet your ability to look beyond your own grief and to think of others is truly awe-inspiring. We hope the information enclosed in this letter may provide some comfort and support in the days ahead and for years to come. As you may know, we were unable to recover Promises Tissue. We appreciate your thoughtfulness during your difficult time, and we want you to know that our concern and care did not end because Promise was not able to become a tissue donor. Please know this in no way lessens your generous consideration of donation and expression of caring for others by offering such a precious gift. It is individuals such as you who make transplantation possible and help those in need. You and your family will always be in our hearts. To We Are Sharing Hope, South Carolina, and all those in need of life-saving and life-enhancing transplants, Promise is a hero. We hope that your compassion and thoughtfulness of others will be a source of comfort to you always. Warmest regards. The careless and heartless act of overlooking promise as a donor is not the fault of Sharing Hope, South Carolina. It is the fault of Spartanburg Medical Center. Shame on you. 
Spartanburg Medical Center, because of you, Promise could not fulfill her final wish. Because of you, Promise's family couldn't have the satisfaction and warmth of knowing that their baby girl saved lives after her life was taken. Because of you, someone else's loved one may not be saved. Now, I may sound cruel in going overboard about this, but I believe this overlook may have been intentional. I believe there is a reason Promise's tissue was not given to Sharing Hope, South Carolina. Listen to this. The New York Times published an article in 2020 featuring a woman who used eye drops to kill her husband. This was discovered because her husband was an organ donor, and due to them looking further into the donated tissue, they found high amounts of poison in the blood and tissue. The wife is now sentenced to 20 years. I wonder if Promise had more than the reported 13 nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in her system that Spartanburg Medical Center wanted hidden. I wonder if Promise had anything else that wasn't properly documented in her system that Spartanburg Medical Center wanted hidden. I wonder if a certain someone whose name rhymes with Shmani Shmane Smith influenced Spartanburg Medical Center to overlook Promise's request at being a donor. June and Jason, I am so sorry that this careless act happened to you. I am so sorry that you cannot just grieve your incredible daughter's untimely death. I am so sorry that both you and Promise were treated so poorly by Spartanburg Medical Center, in my opinion. But they aren't the only ones that are questionable in this case. Spartanburg Police Department is right there with them. I mentioned in last week's episode that Kenneth Daniel Smith's best friend's dad is a deputy at Spartanburg Police Department. This is still an open investigation. When does conflict of interest come into play? Promise died in Cherokee County, not Spartanburg County. Why was Spartanburg called to the scene? Why was the wrong address originally provided to dispatch? Did the caller cross county lines to be sure Murderburg PD was on the case? Why does Cherokee County pick up the trash at the location Promise died, but Spartanburg PD showed up to the same location to help Promise? Maybe Cherokee County trash collectors need some training because it appears to me that some trash was left at that house and is still residing there. Just saying. So after medics arrived at the Smith household in Cherokee County, the narrative given was the following, quote, Medic 4 dispatched for not breathing. Upon arrival... Patient was found lying supine on the bedroom floor, unresponsive, and surrounded by vomitus. Her boyfriend was doing CPR. Crew discontinued CPR and checked a pulse. Patient was pulseless. 
Her boyfriend said they had gone to bed around 11.30, and when he woke up, she was unresponsive, so he dragged her on the floor and started CPR. He did not know of any medical history. He denied any drugs or alcohol, but said that she had a history of using, although he did not know what substance. End quote. Are you fucking kidding me? I have so many questions, Kenneth Daniel Smith. Why in the hell were you allegedly the one performing CPR when your mother works at a hospital and would be way more experienced than you? Oh, wait. You seem to have drugged many people, so maybe you are well-versed in CPR. And if Promise was truly surrounded by vomit, why weren't you covered in it as well? When did Promise become surrounded by vomit? Was she alive when you dragged her to the floor? If so, then why in the hell was she not given Narcan? You guys, the Smith family has a stash of Narcan in their home because Mama Smith has to use it on her piece of shit son, in my opinion, on a regular basis due to his drug abuse. Why is Narcan only used to save Kenneth Daniel and not to possibly save Promise? If you're wondering what Narcan is, it's a brand name prescription drug that treats narcotic overdoses in emergency situations. Okay, moving on. He denied any drugs or alcohol. Hey, asshole, if you're selfish ass would have truly loved Promise, then you would have done everything possible to guide EMS on how to help save her. You know damn well what you allegedly drugged her with that night. You know damn well that she was smoking weed. And to tell EMS she has a history of substance abuse? What a coward. Here you have your deceased girlfriend that you allegedly want to marry, surrounded in vomit, and you can't even tell the truth to EMS? You guys, later that day on July 19, Jason and June called Kenneth Daniel and told him they know he killed their daughter. Only after they told him that she was having an autopsy and toxicology report, did this fucker change his story and went from admitting to giving Suboxone to giving her a Roxy. Roxy is a controlled substance that can cause respiratory distress and death when taken in high doses or when combined with other substances, especially alcohol or other illicit drugs. And that's not it. It is alleged that Kenneth Daniel Smith admitted to the dealer that he was buying an extra pill to kill Promise that night. And to further convince you that he lied to EMS about denying any drug use that night between him and Promise, it is alleged that while Kenneth Daniel was in rehab, he was bragging to the group that Promise bit him that night and he had a scar on his finger to prove it. But then he changed his story to the scar being from when he cleared Promise's airway out when he was trying to save her. He also allegedly admitted in rehab that Promise snorted fentanyl off of his computer top the night she died and that he recorded it on his phone. 
he said he has video of it. So which is it, big guy? Was there no drug use that night like you told EMS? Or did you arrogantly video record drug use like you bragged to your rehab group? I believe there is some truth to both of those stories. I believe that Promise wasn't aware of fentanyl use that night. And that Kenneth Daniel Smith snuck the fentanyl in either her white claw or weed that night. I also believe that the mark on his finger was from Promise putting up a fight and biting him. And that video recording he's bragging about? Promise did tell her mother about a time he secretly recorded her doing a line of coke. According to Promise, Kenneth Daniel was mad that she experimented with her friends in Arizona, but would never do a line with him. She said he put a line of coke on his laptop, guilted her to take it, and then secretly recorded her. She made it very clear to him that it was a one-time thing. Promise was constantly all over him about doing drugs and tried to get him help, but Kenneth Daniel would just get livid when she asked about it, according to Promise. You guys, Promise was scared to death of fentanyl. It is allegedly very bad in South Carolina, and something needs to change. Promise got weed one time that she later found out was laced with something, and she researched the hell out of possible substances to become more aware. How can so many people be dying from the drug and nothing be changed? How are people getting away with doing this? Fentanyl is a known problem, Spartanburg PD. Show your community that you truly do care. And start getting this shit off your streets. Are you proud to be known as Murderberg? Deputy Jenkins, are you proud to have Kenneth Daniel Smith as your son's best friend? Are you proud to be associated with the cowardly, in my opinion, Smith family? When will you be a hero and give this case to SLED? When will you be a hero and admit to conflict of interest? When will you, Deputy Jenkins, be a hero and get the fentanyl problem off your streets? Or are you part of the problem? Thank you to June and Jason West for providing a copious amount of information. Without each of you, I would not be able to tell your sweet baby girl's story. And you guys, please check out and join the Facebook page, Justice for Promise hashtag. That's J-U-S-T-I-C-E-F-O-R-P-R-O-M-I-S hashtag. This bullshit happens way more often than you think. So many families think they are alone in their fight against law enforcement. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone. You are not the only family treated poorly by law enforcement when seeking justice for a loved one. I am here to help give you the confidence to speak up. 
Use your voice and prove what is truly happening in your loved one's case. You can join our live this Sunday and every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook at Can't Stop, Won't Stop. You can also follow me at MyLindsayAnn on Instagram. I always like to say that I have zero training in law enforcement and I have zero training as a lawyer. I am just a girl that is driven to find justice. And I am just a girl that truly cares. I'm just a girl that has a hell of a lot more empathy for victims' families than many people with badges do. It is absolutely disgusting what so many grieving families have to go through. What if this happened to your innocent child? Would you stop fighting? Would you back down? Hell no. We can't stop and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. This is free and it will help get awareness to the public about the injustices happening to so many grieving families. Thank you for all of your support. And for those of you that don't like that I am actually helping families seek justice, well, then just stay away because mean people suck. You can also check out my merch at can'tstopwon'tstop.store. That's can'tstopwon'tstop.store. And right now, my favorite item is the Can't Stop Won't Stop hoodie. You guys, it is so light and comfy. I literally wear it almost every day. Check it out. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has been nine years since Tanner Barton and Charles Netherland have been taken from all of us. It has been four years since Egypt Covington and Brittany Bell were taken from us. And it has been five months since Promise Merriman West was taken from all of us. It has been too many years of obstacles and lies from people they trusted and from the police. It has been too many years that no family should ever have to go through. Tanner, Charles, Egypt, Brittany, and Promise, we can't stop and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. Please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information. And a huge thank you to singer and songwriter, Mr. Peace, for allowing us the rights to use the song, Where'd You Go?, featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. We appreciate it. No, God, no, please.